Welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is cutting weeks from our supply line. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who supported the company so far. If you haven't got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's M-U-R-D-Y creative.co. Or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching at murdycreative.co to see the best of our product shots. Follow us to keep up to date with our daily photos and be the first one to know about new product launches. You can also use the subscribe button at the bottom of our website to be included in all of our new product announcements. Be sure to check out our laser engraving, personalization options, and exclusive colors on the website, or you can get a blank one on Amazon Prime. All right, so I want everyone to forgive the puns in this particular episode, but as you'll go along, I think it'll make more sense in how the title is a pun, and I'm very happy about that. So, <clears throat> first and foremost, all of you who listened to our last episode on supply lines um, will have a pretty good sense of kind of the challenges we've faced. I'm going to recap it really quickly, but if you're interested, go back and listen to that whole episode because it's got more details. But the short version is from an order placed with our tannery to us having product in our shop on specific colors of our leather could be something like 15 weeks at the long end and could be optimistically 11 weeks on the short end. We've been working on trying to mitigate that with our leather supplier through a couple of creative creative methods of, of organization. But that doesn't actually solve one of the other aspects of the problem that we have been really struggling with recently as well, which is that our cutting partners that we have that cut our leather take three weeks in their lead time. So I've talked in the past briefly about the many advantages of having cutting done outside of our, of our facility. One, it saves us a lot of time in the labor costs that we have because we don't have to have people cut internally. It saves us um, a lot of the space requirements, the energy requirements, the capital requirements of the machines that are needed to do it. It saves us from having to worry about doing the maintenance on those machines, a lot of other advantages in that process. However, it does have a cost, and that cost seems to ever be increasing. One, obviously, is the cost of the materials getting cut themselves, right? That's just, you know, we, we pay to have them cut. But then beyond that, there's the cost of the lead time problems, which Initially, when we started working with them, it was a, they had a stated lead time of two weeks, but they got most of our stuff to us in about a week. And then it was they needed every last bit of those two weeks lead time. And now recently, over the last couple of months, it's actually shifted to three weeks of lead time. Now, for those who have some background in business who understand capital requirements, that actually becomes a problem when you're running on net 30 terms with your leather supply. Because if you've got net 30 terms, which means that you pay for the leather 30 days after you pick it up and your, your cutting partner takes three weeks to cut it, that means you only have one week to really actually do the, cut, the, the selling of the product that was then cut and to try to make up enough money to cover the cost of paying for that leather. Now, if you have all the capital in the world and you've got a bunch of money sitting in the bank, it's not really a problem. But when you're in a time like we are and the rest of the world, where capital is a little more tight and there's not as much money just sitting in the bank and you've got to be a little more judicious with how you spend your money, that becomes a bit of an issue. So we also are struggling in many ways with the long prediction problems, right? The long-term prediction problems, like we've talked about. Trying to figure out how much leather you're going to need of any given color is a big problem, but then finding out exactly what to cut that leather into is a big problem because we have to make a decision three weeks in advance of what we want to buy and put on the shelf. But in those three weeks, if there's a bulk order that comes in, that could absolutely throw off our numbers in a lot of ways, right? We could suddenly have stock outages. And in many ways, as more and more of those unpredictable things happen, you end up having 
more and more likelihood of things being backordered, which for anybody who's gone on our website recently, a lot of our stuff is backordered. And a lot of it's backordered kind of a while. That's a huge issue that we're struggling with. Well, ironically, last week, I was kind of forced into making a decision. And it was one of those things that, like a lot of things that happened to us, it started off as just kind of an idea that was kind of thrown out there. And then it kind of expanded and expanded and expanded. And suddenly now we're kind of moving down this path. So to do this justice, I want to go back about a week and a half. So a week and a half, we have a batch of leather that we are picking up from our leather supplier. This batch is at least three weeks old. <clears throat> In this particular case, I actually think it was a little older than that. And this batch had a ton of different colors, a ton of different items. And most critically, the thing that started this all, it had the buffalo backs that go into our travel cut and our executive cut. Now, for those of you who have recently purchased one of those things, you'll notice that it's backordered three or four weeks. Well, the reason why is because we didn't have any of the buffalo panels. That creates a bigger problem in many ways because it puts the entire line out of stock. It doesn't just put one color out of stock where people can be like, well, I couldn't get Bordeaux, but I can get Onyx or I can get Espresso, right? They can't get any of them. Well, for those of you who've bought things before, when things are backordered by weeks, sometimes you decide, maybe I'm not going to wait and I'm, you're not going to buy. So we actually see a decrease in purchasing when things are backordered. That's obviously a problem because you can't have anything slow down that. We found out from our cutting partners the day of that they didn't have any buffalo in stock. Now, there's no, we can point fingers as to who didn't tell who that they were out of stock or who may have known that they were out of stock but didn't remember to order more or any of that stuff, but the, the situation was bad, right? We got on the phone with our leather supplier for the buffalo. We said, we need it like now. And they said, we'll get it, like, we'll get it out today. And in an unusual circumstance, they never ship it this way. They always ship it UPS and it goes ground and it gets here in two days. We've never had an instance where it has not been shipped by UPS and arrived in two days. And for whatever reason, I do not know why, they shipped this particular order with the U.S. Postal. U.S. Postal Service. And of course, it didn't arrive in time. I just don't understand. I, I got to get on the phone with them and talk to them about that. Why they shipped to this one? Because they shipped to the next order because we ordered two orders. We said we need this one order to ship today, right now. And we need another bulk shipment to ship out within a few days so that we can obviously have more supply for later, right? Because the first order was what we need today and everything else was what we need soon. They shipped to the second order via UPS. And frankly, I think that's going to arrive earlier than the USPS version. But anyway, I digress. We have our own problems with the US Postal Service. So it didn't show up. And we got discussing internally, well, what are we going to do? Well, the panels in our travel cut are actually small enough to fit in the accessories press that we use. So we have a small little press that we use to cut out accessories. It's got a a, a, it's very small and it's not very powerful and it's been a kind of a cobbled together um, over time. And it's, it's the kind of thing that, that it's big enough theoretically that we could fit the panels in to cut those accessories out. Of. Except that's broke. That press has been broke for two weeks now and we've been working with our, manu our, our machinist to get it fixed. But the deeper we go into getting it fixed, the more it continues to be broken, right? Like the more he pulls it apart, the more things we keep finding that are absolutely broken beyond repair. So we had hoped that that would be ready next week or last week, I should say, to get accessories out. And that's part of the reason why for those of you who had accessories delayed, I apologize. This is why we haven't been able to get the press up and running. 
So I thought, well, maybe we can make die press these pieces. And then it got me thinking about, well, our current press is broken. We're not likely to get it fixed soon. So maybe we should look into getting another press. Well, that got me thinking about why don't we press more items? Like, why don't we do more of our own cutting in-house? And then I talked to Meryl about that, and she was very excited. Because, frankly speaking, that's a much better way to do it at our size. It's a much better way to do it in our, for us in general. And that's actually, ironically, how most people in our industry cut things out. They don't have it cut out by a drag knife on a CNC cutter. They have it cut out by die cutting in a manual press or in a hydraulic press. So I did all of the pricing out, and a hydraulic press that we would need to do our stuff would be $10,000 delivered. I mean, $2,000 if that's the delivery costs because it's too heavy to go down on a lift gate, so it requires all sorts of special things, and we live out way on the middle of nowhere. So there's a couple of pieces that are, are make it difficult in that particular environment. However, the more we did the analysis of, analysis of this, the more we realized that we are spending tens of thousands of dollars on cutting alone that functionality of the outside cutters. Now, with the lead time, we're also dealing with stock outages that are getting expensive. We also have, at any given time, twenty or $30,000 of cut parts in leather sitting on the shelf. Well, that many cut parts sitting on the shelf, particularly if they don't sell, that's capital that's just locked up. That's just money on the shelf that's not going anywhere. We can't use it to market things. We, it's just, it's not good, right? So one of the advantages of bringing cutting in-house is that we could leave the pieces in raw material. We could leave it in raw leather until we need to cut into its final components, which allows for us to have a much, much, much smaller amount of money that's just sitting on the shelf in leather. So now we get the advantage of a much faster cut time. We basically cut down the lead time of three weeks down to days, if not less, right? So you can have, rather than having one week to make back the cost of that leather, you have four weeks to make back the cost of that leather. We were able to keep and organize our inventory in a much, much more um, streamlined way so that we basically cut what we need and we leave the leather as leather otherwise. We have the advantage of being able to measure and weigh the hides before they're cut and then weigh the scrap that's left over after they're cut so we can actually get an accurate estimate on how much waste there is, which at the moment, we don't know anything about that. We have no idea how much waste there is. We have an estimated amount of hide, or we have an estimated... Um, number of raw pieces or cut pieces that can come out of one hide, but those are all estimates. And at the point, this point, we can't do the accounting work to figure out what our waste is. So for all I know, and I got to coordinate with the accountants to figure out this, we may be able to write off some of that waste, particularly if we can actually get hard numbers on that that are provable. We may be able to write off some of that waste in the accounting books, which would save us money in that regard. We already have a bit of a labor problem right now, and it's part of the structure of the organization, and that's part of our challenge is that we have too many people for the amount of products that we're selling. Now, we have that number of people specifically so that we can have every position covered. People can go on vacation. We have, you know, enough so that if we get a big order or something, we can handle it. Like, there's, there's, there's advantages to having as much labor as we have. But there are times, particularly during slow seasons, where we have people sitting around. And I don't want to cut hours. I mean, we could, but I don't want to because it's, it's a difficult time. People need money, and we want to support them in what ways we can. They've st stood by us all this time. so. By bringing this functionality in-house, we could actually make good use of that labor. Alternatively, it does have the space requirement problem, and that's still in a little bit of an issue for us, and we're working on solving that. We are moving into a new workshop potentially this summer, and that should have a little more space. Not a ton more, but a little bit more, which will allow for us to store the leather at least a little bit better. However, bringing on a press, we started with a manual press. This is the thing that I, and I bought one 
I spent a lot of money on it and it's going to be here hopefully potentially shortly if not today right if not earlier right like we're still waiting on it but the hope is that by having it in-house cutting those pieces in-house we'll be able to get things moving quickly and that'd be great and, and being able to, to cut down all of those lead times would be wonderful the other advantage of doing this cutting in-house is that we don't need to necessarily spend all of the money on the dies, which is the exp one of the expensive parts of making this transition is buying the, the dies for all of our parts. We actually don't have to do that all at once, right? We can spread out that cost and start with the dies that we need right away and then slowly add more and more dies as we have the money to do so. So the transition may actually work out pretty well, all things considered. And then at the end of the transition, we'll be able to have all of the advantages I've talked about in the cutting process. Now, this decision, I had originally wanted to write up a full proposal, do a full analysis, present it to some of my business friends to get their thoughts on it. But unfortunately, the reality of our timetable kind of forced me kind of down this road. And it's not good to do things in half measures. So I'm trying to make the best of the situation and trying to say, okay, how can we manifest this change as quickly as possible so that we have as little excess costs in the meantime? And so far, we've been making good progress, and I'll keep you guys updated as far as it progresses, but shortly, we will be able to have all of the cutting done in-house, which hopefully will cut down on our lead times, allow for things to be in stock more regularly, use our labor a little bit better, and keep our capital costs and inventory costs down to a minimum while also maximizing our efficiency and as far as the use of the hides go, as well as a, a proper accounting goes. These are all advantages, and... They do have, like, to give you a little bit of a disadvantage of why this has taken us so long, originally I was looking at doing a hydraulic press. Now, the advantage of a hydraulic press um, is that it doesn't require as much manual effort on the part of the employees, right? It's something you press a button and it, you know, rather than having to have it be manually done with a swing arm. However, the press requires a lot of electricity. And because of the situation that we're in, we don't have a lot of excess electric capability in our current workshop for sure, but definitely in our new workshop, we also are going to be pushing to the top end of our electrical stuff. So one of the expenses that I'm not thrilled about, but it's going to be good from a long-term perspective is actually having a, uh, we're having our electrician build into the new workshop quite a bit of power capability overhead specifically to allow us to have a hydraulic press in the future. But in the meantime, we're going to start with the manual press and that'll at least get us off to the races for a lot less than the hydraulic press was going to cost us. So. These are these things that we are trying to do to help implement the procedure to make our company better, both internally and in many ways provide a better experience for the customers who, for all intents and purposes, have been dealing with stock outages for us the way we've been dealing them. And um, hopefully that will, that those will go away shortly. Hopefully the future of the company will involve significantly less stock outages of our, any individual pieces. And if we do go out of stock of something, it will be a full color and hopefully we will be able to get it in much, much quicker timeframes. So. All good things. So um, please be sure to check back in uh, Thursday for our next topic. We're going to be doing a deep dive into the number, th number three travel cut folio the way we did a deep dive into the number twos. I'll talk about the history, the features, the functionality. I'll do all of the different, uh, try to do different shots and give you guys good, uh, good behind the scenes of all of these different pieces. So um, stay tuned for that. Be sure to check that subscribe button below as well, as well as the notification button to get notified right away when we post new podcasts. I'm trying to do them Tuesdays and Thursdays, so stay tuned for those. If you have any questions or concerns about your leather binder, journal, folio, or any of our accessories, please feel free to contact us on the main page of our website at murdycreative.co, or you can contact us via Instagram and Facebook. You can text, email, call, direct message, all the usuals. We'll do our best to get back to you as soon as possible. We do appreciate your patience, however, 
if you do want to get a hold of us really quickly for something like you screwed up the engraving on your name or you need to add a, a, a sweet number to your address, uh, feel free to set us a phone call. You can call us at 414-434-9001. You can also text that number. It is a cell phone. It's 414-434-9001. And we are available uh, between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, Monday through Friday. So definitely feel free to reach out to us that way. If you don't get a hold of us for whatever reason, leave a message and we'll do our best to get back to you as soon as we can. So appreciate your patience on that. If you think we deserve it, a good review can help us go a long way to help us grow our community. So both a review on the podcast and whatever you're listening on, as well as a nice comment below in the YouTube comments, or you can definitely leave us a review on the, the product itself. You can go to murdycreative.co slash reviews. Uh, that'll take you, there's a, you can read all of our wonderful reviews there, but there's also a button there that says leave a good review. It'll take you to facebook.com slash murdercreative.co slash reviews, and you can leave a review there. We use Facebook because it's a good third-party platform so that you know we're not just making things up. If there's, a, there's also a button there that if you can click on if you want to leave a bad review, that button will actually take you to us. Please, please, please give us an opportunity to make things right. We really stand by our products. We really mean it. Whatever it is, we'll take care of it. We want to make sure that you have a good experience with us. So give us the opportunity to fix things before you leave us a bad review. It really does mean the world of us, and I think you'll find that we do stand by our promise to try to keep and make things as, as good as they can be. So if you want to leave or if you want to really help us grow the community as well, Word of mouth is the best form of advertising. So tell your friends about the podcast, but also if you want to tell your friends about the company, uh, you can get something for that. So you go to the top of our website, you click login. All you need to do is your uh, username or email, I should say, and a password. Then down in the bottom left corner, there's going to be a rewards tab. You click on that rewards tab, you get 5% back on any purchase made, and uh, you can use those credits anytime. But you also have a, a shareable link there. If you share that link with your friends and family, they get $5 off their first purchase and you get $5 off once they make that purchase. So it's a good way to kind of share and share alike. So that we really appreciate that. Uh, if you have any podcast topics you want to hear more about, send them my way. I'm always happy to engage with you guys and I want to hear what you want to hear about. So reach out, send us a, an email, leave us a comment below and we'll do our best. If you're looking for multiple binders, journals, folios, anything we sell for gifts, giveaways, menus, ask about our bulk discounts available. The minimum order quantity for a bulk discount starts at five. Uh, and that's five of one thing or one of five things. It's just based off the total cart quantity. So you know, you can mix and match to your heart's desire and uh, definitely reach out to us, S-A-L-E-S at murdycreative.co uh, to reach out. That's sales at murdycreative.co to get that, that discount code. So just ask and we'll be able to create that for you. If you want to get a custom engraving item on your item, we can do custom engravings with no minimums. So you can get one of our items engraved with a logo or a design or a signature if you want, something like that. There's no minimum order quantities. There's no setup fees. It's just a flat fee per book or per thing. Uh, for the engraving, it usually starts at about $15 and goes up from there, depending on the complexity and the size. And uh, if those of you who want to get your corporate logo on a bunch of things, that bulk discount does actually apply as well to the engraving. So it's, it's based off the total retail price. So, you know, reach out, definitely ask for those, S-A-L-E-S at murdycreative.co. If you want to get a custom thing, send us your logo, send us your design, include that in the email, include any details about the product or the position or the size of the engraving, and we'll create a mock-up and a custom order link for you to use at checkout. So. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great day and goodbye.